Hi, I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. And today I am going to talk about gratitude. And I'm going to talk about gratitude maybe in a little different way than we think of sometimes. So for people who know me, uh, the gratitude list is one of the biggest pieces of my personal recovery. What I mean by that is uh, every morning when I wake up, I start a pot of coffee. And while the coffee's brewing, I write down three things that I'm grateful for that day. And sometimes I draw pictures and I'm a horrible artist, but it's the point that matters. Um, I've even clipped pictures and put pictures in there. Um, I want to do something that gives it meaning, right? And then uh, after my pot pot of coffee is ready, I pour myself a cup of coffee and I sit down in peace and quiet and I give thanks to my creator for those things that I'm grateful for that day. Now, a big piece of this is making sure you wake up about half an hour before you need to get up, right? Because I noticed that in the past, what I would do is I would wait until the very last minute, right? I would hit snooze two or three times. By the time I finally get out of bed, I don't have time to eat. I'm throwing on my clothes. I might or might not have time to take a shower. Um, And I'm out the door and then I am literally shouting at the people in front of me that are going the speed limit who have given themselves enough time to get to work on time. And that would in turn start my day off on a really bad note, which would pour into the rest of my day. When I wake up half an hour early and I have that cup or two of coffee and I focus on those three to five things that I'm grateful for that I've written down, it starts my day on a much better direction. And another thing that I found is on a day when I wake up really depressed, I can pull out this notebook that I've written 100 things in, 300 things in over the last 100 days and go over all the different things that I'm grateful for. And to me, that's a huge thing. But the more that we write them down and we try not to repeat those things over and over again, the more we see that we run out of things, right? Because a lot of times when we think of gratitude, and that's the main reason that we're having this discussion today is because of something that happened over the weekend. But when I think of gratitude, I think of those positive things that happened, right? People are grateful for a car. People are grateful for a house. People are grateful for employment. People are grateful for their health. But what about those negative things? A lot of times people are not sitting there and being grateful for the negative things that happen in their lives. And what I found is those negative things, that's where we grow from. I don't tend to grow from all the positive things that happen in my life. If everything goes my way and every time I talk to my boss, I get a raise and every time I go to pay, um, 
go to the shop to get my car worked on. They're like, oh, all you need is an oil change. Everything's perfect. And I always have money in my pocket to pay it. And every time uh, I wake my daughter up, she's like, oh, I just want to get up and get right ready and go to school instead of fighting for half an hour because she's six, right? If all those perfect things happen all the time, what do I have to be grateful for? What, what do I have to grow from? Right? I mean, I can be grateful for those things. I like it when those things are going well. But at the same time, what I really like is to be able to focus on some of those negative things and what I've been able to learn from those things. So I'm flipping through uh, Facebook over the weekend. And, and there's a couple different ways I can tell this story. I'm going to try to tell it in the nicest possible way without uh, um, slamming things or uh, calling anybody out on anything. But let's just say that I used to work with a girl, we will call her Santa Fe. And uh, at the time, I was a uh, floor manager and a, floor and a server trainer at Mesquite Charlie's in Branson. And Mesquite Charlie's is the, at the time, it was the largest freestanding steakhouse in the, in the United States. We had four kitchens, five bars, 12 dining rooms under one roof for the same restaurant in Branson. And this little blonde-haired girl from a town of about 100, 200 people in Arkansas came walking in. And as soon as I saw her, all I thought is, that's mine, right? Um, I was in my mid-20s. She was 18 years old. And unfortunately, I, I... I was not a good person back then. I made a lot of uh, really negative choices, and she was one of those negative choices that I met. Um, we ended up dating for a couple years. Over the course of those years, I introduced her to methamphetamine. In fact, I did that pretty quickly after we got together. And um, I had a kid that was uh, that slang for me, and... Um, I had introduced him to the syringe and after me and her broke up, after me and Santa Fe broke up, uh, Santa Fe and this gentleman uh, ended up getting into a relationship and through that relationship they ended up having four children and in 2012 well, earlier than 2012, they had shared a syringe and they had both picked up a bloodborne infection. And uh, in 2012, she passed away and um, he passed away not much later. Um, I, uh, the kids' pictures popped up um, in my feed over the weekend. And there was a voice that reminded me that they didn't have parents um, because I was in their life, because of the effects of me being in their life. And I want you to listen to this really quickly. This isn't blaming myself. This isn't, okay, it is blaming myself. It is taking weight for some of the things I've done in the past and some of the choices that I've made in the past. But what I want you to hear is uh, this isn't something that, that I'm saying out of shame or guilt. Um, this is something that I'm saying is a fact. Uh, a lot of times people will say, well, you know what? She, if she wouldn't have started using with meth, meth with you, she probably would have started using with somebody else. Okay, but she didn't. She started using with me. 
And I believe that early in recovery, we should definitely give ourselves a break for some of the choices we've made and some of the things we've done um, and some of the collateral damage that's happened. But the further we get in our recovery, I think we need to take weight for things. Uh, because a lot of times when I've seen people relapse after five years, 10 years, 20 years, the, one of the reasons they relapse is they forget the negative things that were associated with their substance use to begin with. You know, I'll be the first person to tell you, and, and this uh, shocks people sometimes when I say it, but I love drugs and I love the way drugs make me feel. I just hate the person that they turn me into over time. I don't ever want to be that person again. Today, I have a beautiful wife. I have two incredible kids. I have a, an amazing life today, and I'm able to positively impact other people's lives. So I would never go back. You know, I have those reasons not to go back, and I have those gratitude lists that remind me um, why I would never make a choice to go back. But the truth is, I need to remind myself of some of those negative things. And being the catalyst for evil in Santa Fe's life is probably one of the worst things that I've done. Taking this innocent girl fresh out of high school and as we dated, introducing her to methamphetamine was probably one of the worst things that I've done. And I hate to say it, I've done that a few times to a few different people back when I was actively using. Uh, man, the party life to people on the outside, especially younger people, 18, 19, 20, uh, man, it looks really attractive. And I'm sure to kids younger than that, it looks really attractive too. I remember as a high schooler, you know, partying and being one of the, the cooler kids because of the partying. So I know that there's an allure to that, that people look at that in awe sometimes, especially, you know, kids that are kind of lonely, kids that have never fit in, kids that feel left out, kids that don't feel cool. Man, if I just did that, it would make me feel cool. And unfortunately, I, I used to say I didn't take friends. I, I mean, I didn't make friends. I took hostages. And I've taken a lot of people hostage in my substance use. And... For that, I mean, when I get an opportunity to meet those people, I apologize to them and say, listen, I am sorry, you know, for the impact that I had in your life. And I think I'm talking about this when it comes to gratitude, because like I said, I'm grateful for the life I have today. And I realize that everything had to happen exactly the way it happened for me to have the life I have today. If one thing in my past would have changed I might not have my kids. I might not have my wife. I mean, there's so many different variables in there that could have changed. So sometimes maybe instead of beating ourselves up about how horrible everything is and all these bad choices that you've made, um, look at where you're at today. And look at the knowledge that you have today and the strength you have today because of all the things that you have overcome and lived through. Because I think a lot of times we don't do that. You know, we look at these negative times in our life, whether it's the things that have happened to us, you know, and, and I understand it would be really easy for me to look back on being molested as a kid, being physically abused as a kid, and to sit there and beat myself up forever. And I did for years, right? I had all of these uh, now what they call adverse childhood experiences, 
And due to those adverse childhood experiences and nobody identifying the problems and me never having somebody to talk about those problems to, um, I ended up turning to substances. And because I didn't feel worthy, I ended up turning to other things like um, sex, like violence, anger. I mean, all those different things were ways for me to escape or ways for me to numb all of the trauma that I'd gone through. And today I realize that that trauma has shaped me and built me. And through overcoming those experiences, that's why, that's why people ask me for advice. That's why people ask me for support. That's why I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do. You know, there's definitely people that are better. I don't think I'm great, but I think I'm pretty good at what I do when it comes to being there for people and helping people. And the reason for that is because of all the things that I've gone through myself. If it wasn't for going, is it, if it wasn't for going through those things and overcoming them, I wouldn't be where I am. And it's the same thing with all of you. Every single person out there has been through things. And because we've been through those things, we have gained strength and wisdom that a lot of people don't have. You know, it doesn't have to be drugs. It could be chaotic relationships. It could be overeating. It could be gambling. Um, you know, there's a plethora of different things that people struggle with or people have to live through. It could be cancer. You know, I mean, what are those things that, that you have struggled with in your life? Uh, you know, uh, one organization, uh, Living Free, calls them life-consuming issues. Uh, Celebrate Recovery talks about hurts, habits, and hang-ups. You know, what are those things in your life that have kind of taken control of you that you've been able to move beyond? Because that's, that's, that's our sweet spot. You know, um, that's where we're able to help people. I'm not really good at working with somebody. In fact, I refer people to one of my friends. If somebody comes up to me that's been diagnosed with cancer and they're like, listen, I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't know what to expect. And I'm like, listen, when it comes to the trauma and some of those things, I can be there for you. But I have a friend that's had cancer twice. He's uh, in remission after two different bouts of chemo. If you want to know what that experience is like, go talk to him. Because that's something he has knowledge of. I don't have knowledge of that. So what are those things you have knowledge of? You know, veterans. I see veterans coaching veterans as a huge thing, right? I mean, I may have been shot, but I did that here in the country. I, I, that's because of my choices, not because I was somewhere elsewhere, outside of the country, um, fighting for this country, right? So... So what are those things that you're going to be able to help people with? You know, that's the whole hope dealer concept, right? Is that I'm able to give people hope because I have been through a similar thing and I've come out on the other side. I have been victorious. You know, so we've got to shout about that. We've got to be happy about that. And sometimes it seems like that's where our shame and guilt is. So there's a huge piece of me that beats myself up because... Santa Fe, um, because her kids don't, don't have parents because those four kids are getting raised by their grandparents. That rips my heart out. And it rips my heart out that I was a catalyst of evil, um, in both of their lives. Not that, you know, and I could excuse myself if I wanted to, but like I said, I don't want to, I want to take some of that weight because I don't ever want to get to a point where all I remember is the positive things about my substance use and forget all of the negative things. Because we've all made negative choices in our lives. 
And sometimes we need to bear the brunt of that. You may not. This is how I work my recovery. These are the things that stop me from going back. You need to find those things that are going to stop you from going back. And it may be, be completely different. You know, if we were all exactly the same, this would be the most boring world ever. You know, if everybody looked like me, we would be a lot of uh, short, fat, bold, white dudes. And that would get really boring really quickly, right? Um, we need scenery. We need uh, different people's attitudes. We need different people's ideas. Uh, I need to know other people's pathways. There's multiple pathways to recovery. And there's different pathways for different problems. I mean, there's different pathways for the same problem. And that's why we need each other because you may have something and you may share it with me one day that I'm going to be able to turn around and help somebody else by sharing your experience with them. Now, don't get me wrong. Nobody will ever share your experience, strength, and hope better than you. But I think the more people that we talk to and the more open we are to uh, the positive things that have helped other people, the easier it's going to be for us to help people that come to us. And I know this started off about gratitude and that it's kind of spiraled away but I mean, that's something I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for every single one of you. I'm grateful for those of you who are in my life that I get to hear your testimonies and I get to hear about your tribulations and your fights and your struggles and how you're able to come out on the other side of those because I can share your story too, right? And I hope that as you listen to some of the stuff that I say, if there's a glimpse, a a sliver of it that you find helpful that you're able to apply that in what you do when you work with other people, right? Because we do, we need an army. We need an army of us. We need a legion of us. We need so many of us. There's, you know, there's 23 and a half million people in the United States in recovery from substance use disorders. And yet there's so few of us that are visible and vocal in our communities that are actively letting people know, you know what, substance use may be a, a negative thing and it may impact a lot of people negatively, but this is what recovery looks like. And these are all the positive things that we are able to do in recovery, right? So that's what we need to encourage each other about. That's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful today that I have a voice. I'm grateful today that although I feel guilt about some of the things that I've done in my past. I wouldn't change them, but I still feel bad about some of those things, right? Um, and as much as I can tell myself uh, that I should feel better, that th those people would have made the same choice with somebody else, this right here, ah, man, my heart's completely different from my mind. My mind thinks logically and I can understand, hey, you know what, when that person died, they were making that choice but it doesn't stop their images from cycling in front of my eyes when I close my eyes every single night. So, man, I went down a rabbit trail, kind of lost where I was at. You ever do that? I do it all the time. My wife says I'm kind of like that uh, dog from the movie Up, like squirrel, and then I just kind of lose it. Uh, it amazes me sometimes that people want me to come speak at conferences and at conventions and in front of groups because I'm kind of scattered. But I guess sometimes those rabbit trails um, are pretty positive. And that's something I'll say to you just to go down another rabbit trail. If you're a public speaker, you're just getting started. I will tell you that generally the times that I feel the absolute worst, the times when I get done and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe how bad that was, is generally when I get the most positive feedback from people. When I have the most people come up to me and go, well, you know what, man, that helped me so much. Thank you. Because when I think it's all together, 
Uh, I don't know why, but it people don't seem to be impacted by it as much, which is really weird. I guess it means that I think better scattered than when I'm organized. I have no idea. Uh, maybe I'm just better super caffeinated and I tend to to float down a bunch of rabbit trails when I'm <coughs> caffeinated. But anyway, gratitude list, super important. Gratitude is a huge thing. We have to be grateful for things in our life. Um, and I have to be able to look at my life and not have regrets. I need to be able to look at my life and not feel shame, right? Maybe I can feel a little twinge of remorse. In fact, I feel a lot of remorse about the impact I've had in some people's lives, but I don't feel shame about any of it. And if I could go back and change anything, um, I would do everything exactly the same, but I'd learn how to play guitar. I think I'd be a whole lot cooler if I could play guitar. Just saying. You know, otherwise I wouldn't change anything because everything had to happen just the way it did for me to have the life and the family and the people that I have today. And I love the people in my life today. I, I'm embarrassed sometimes um, because of how good my life is today compared to how it used to be. And I'm embarrassed sometimes because I work with people that don't have the same types of life that I have. I work with people constantly that are struggling, that are down and out, that are hopeless, that are despondent. And, and I'm like, man, they haven't done half the crap that I have. Oh my gosh, why did they have it so rough and why do I have it so good? And that'll bring me to something else, you know, because we're scattering all over the place. Uh, it reminds me of uh, when me and my wife first got together. And I remember thinking, man, I am not worthy of this person that uh, has been placed in my life. You know, uh, I am definitely one of those people that married multiple stations above myself. Um, and if you're getting married, I would highly advise you doing that. Marry way above your station. Um, it's not so great for the person you marry, but it works out really good for you, Right. So it's worked out really well for me. I married way above my station. My wife's amazing, but I remember having a conversation with my pastor um, because it just boggled my mind. I was like, you know, she should, she deserves so much better than I do. Oh my goodness. Um, I guess I'm being violent over here. I'm getting so excited about my wife and how amazing she is that I'm hitting stuff. Please forgive me. Um, but I remember sitting there talking to him and going, you know, it's not fair. And he said, well, let me tell you a little story. And he told this story about a, uh, about a, uh, a vineyard owner and a vineyard owner who, uh, whose crops had to be taken in. If he didn't get his crops in that day, they were going to go bad. So he goes into town and he hires people to come in and to harvest his crop. And after, say, noon, it gets to noon and he's like, holy cow, these people are not going to get the crops in. They're going to go bad. Um, so he goes back into town and he hires even more people and he brings them back out. And they in turn, right, sit there and they go to work and it gets to be about three o'clock and he's like, holy cow, they're still not going to get this in in time. Goes into town, hires more people. Five o'clock, he realizes, man, they're not going to get it in before, before the end of the day. He goes back into town. He's like, everybody that can come help me, please. I need you out here. And they went in there and they worked and they got the crops in. And at the end of the day, he paid everybody the exact same amount of money. Uh, it was a denarius, which is kind of uh, like minimum wage for a day's work back then. And some of the guys were really upset, 
right? The guys that have been there all day were like, how dare you, at, since we've been here since like six in the morning, how dare you pay us the same that you paid these guys that have only been here since five o'clock. And when, I remember uh, my pastor sharing that with me and me being like, yeah, I'm kind of mad about that too. That's a bunch of crap. And he was like, well, you know, it's not really about the money. It's really not about the work. And I'm like, yeah, it's absolutely about the money and the work. That's what that entire story's about. People working in fields and getting paid. And he said, no, it's really about grace. It doesn't matter when in your life you start running the race right. All that matters is that you're running the race well at the end, right? And it's the same thing in life. Sometimes we look at people like we don't deserve to be in their company because they haven't experienced the same things we have uh, because maybe their lives haven't been as bad as we have. Maybe they've made better choices. Maybe they grew up in a, uh, a better socioeconomic status. And what I can tell you is that it doesn't matter um, what choices you've made, uh, how bad those choices were, how negatively they impacted other people. It doesn't matter... Um, it doesn't matter how, how horrific things were that happened to you when you were a kid. It doesn't matter if I've had a substance use, uh, use problem for 25 years and this person never has. What matters is how are you living your life today? You know, um, I would rather surround myself with all kinds of people. I know some people in recovery feel like they can only have friends in recovery. Uh, the truth is, man... Like my wife, for instance, my wife has never had a substance use problem. She's lived life on life's terms and has dealt with some pretty horrific things herself without drugs. Holy cow, there's a lot of things I can learn from her. How many people are we directing out of our lives? How many people are we, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, marginalizing from our lives. Uh pushing away because we feel like they won't understand our experiences or we'll judge or they'll judge us. What's funny is when I, I don't want to be friends with somebody because I'm afraid of them judging me, I'm being the judgmental one, right? So surround yourself with positive people. I'm so grateful that I have people in my life who have never been impacted by substance use. And I know that's weird, right? Because pretty much everybody has been impacted by substance use one way or another. Um, it's hard to meet somebody that doesn't have a brother, sister, mom, dad, uncle, cousin, grandparent that has a substance use disorder. But I actually have a couple people in my life that haven't had it in their family. Right? My boss, who is one of the best advocates I know, um, doesn't have substance use disorders running rampant in her family. It's not there. And yet she's one of the best advocates in the state. I mean, I travel everywhere. I mean, I will be, I go to Boston. I go to Washington, D.C. I go to Los Angeles. And I'm like, and, so, and I'm talking to somebody that's in the recovery community there. And they find out I'm from Missouri. And they're like, oh, do you know Brenda Shell? You know, it's amazing how well known she is. And she doesn't have to have a substance use disorder to have a heart and to have compassion and to realize that everybody has value. So as I continue rambling, because that's exactly what I feel like this entire uh, live stream has been, really has been me rambling. I want to say that there's really a couple points I wanted to hit and I want to go back over them really quickly. Number one, you know what? If you're having problems in your life, if it's starting off on a bad foot, if every day is kind of negative, Set your alarm for 30 minutes before you have to get up. 
not before the second time you hit your snooze, but literally 30 minutes before you have to get up, wake up, go start a pot of coffee. If you don't drink coffee, I don't know, put a kettle on for tea, you know, but sit there and while that is brewing, while it's teeping, right? Isn't that what we do with tea is we teep it, steep it? I don't know. But anyway, um, well, whatever's going on, right? I don't care while you're sitting there mixing up your chocolate milk, whatever. Um, sit there and write down three to five things that that you're grateful for. Draw a picture, uh, you know, cut out pictures, make a little collage one day. And then while you're sitting there sipping your coffee, give thanks to your higher power, your creator, who I, I call Jesus. You can call whatever the heck you want to, you know, um, but for me, giving thanks to my creator for those things that I wrote down that I'm grateful for is amazing. And, And then, like I said, anytime you wake up super depressed and you feel like your life sucks, pull out that book. After 100 days, you have 300 different things you've written down that you're grateful for. It's hard to go through that entire list without sitting there and going, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was. So number one, use a gratitude list. And not only that, but now you get to work on time. You're not running late. Everything goes great. Uh, Number two, while we sit there and we think about gratitude and we always think about gratitude needing to be something very positive, remember also that we don't grow when everything's going right. I don't get wisdom. Well, I get some wisdom, but I don't tend to get strength and I don't grow stronger whenever everything is going my way. Relationships are forged through hard times. Right? How, how could you know your relationship could stand a test of time if you've never had any tests? So give thanks too for those negative things. Right? I'm grateful for some of the, for those negative things that happened in the past because I can remember them and those are the reasons I will never return to my old lifestyle. When I think of those people, I will never go back right? Because I don't ever want to look in the mirror again and see a face that's responsible for in, for introducing somebody to drugs who is dead now. I don't ever want to look in the mirror and see a person who sold somebody drugs who overdosed on them again. I don't ever want to be that guy again, right? I don't ever want to be somebody that people walk to the other side of the street when they see me coming down. I don't ever want to be that person again. So be grateful for those negative things too, because those negative things also helped create and turn you into the person you are today. And if you look in the mirror and like the person that's looking back at you, you would not be that person if it wasn't for all of the things that you've been through. So I think those are a couple of the main points that I wanted to make in that amalgam of rabbit trails that I ran through over the last half hour. In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe you would like to be on the podcast sometime, you can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. There's a Better Life and Recovery page on Facebook, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, B-L-I-R underscore N-P-O. Also, this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. 
You can find out more about the network at studiodna.media. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week.